folks, it's Morgan. I play Eugene, your friendly neighborhood goblin druid on the podcast. First of all, thank you so much for all your feedback. It has been awesome to hear from you. If you feel comfortable, leave us a like on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Maybe even write a review? Word of mouth is our biggest friend right now. So if you dig us, tell a friend. And if you don't, tell an enemy. On this next episode, you're going to hear me get pretty fired up about milk. Feel free to weigh in on the comments. And with that, please enjoy The Heroes Die. I wanted to ask, how do people feel about putting ice cream in bowls at home? Uh, I never do it. Never do. What do you? What do you do instead? You you only eat out of the tub on your hands. You're fucking animal. You, let me ask you: this. Do you eat That's out of the gross. tub? No, I, I, no. This is something. I okay, Sam. I'll meet you on this one. But do you only <laughs> do you do you eat only out of the tub if you and Bree are having ice cream together? Yes. Really? Wait. Same tub. What if I, what if it's what if it's solo? What if I'm the only person eating ice cream? Solo tub eating guy kind of get because I do it, but I do eat ice cream out of the bowl if AJ and I are having ice cream together. Bree and I pass a carton back and forth. Get out of here. Fucking animals. Matt and I pass back and forth. I'm trying to get on your level, man. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> I guess I'm the weird inverse then because I solely pass back and forth with my partner and solely use bowls when I'm alone. Really? Is that wow. the inverse or is that just... Uh, the inverse of Rudy's behavior, I mean. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, because like I, I try to give myself a small portion pretending that that's the amount that I'm going to eat. And then I go back <laughs> for three of them. Right. Yeah. And I've succeeded in essentially eating a pint of Ben and Jerry's. And that's what I consider success in life. But then when I'm with Natalie, it's like we're on the couch and that tub does not go down and we're watching a movie. Wild. Ben, where are you at? Do you eat only out of bowls? Do you only eat ice cream out of bowls? I, I will I will scoop occasionally from the carton, but only if I'm having like one bite of ice cream. Otherwise, it is coming into a bowl I'm going to throw that thing in the sink. There's going to be like four or five of them before I ever think about loading the dishwasher. It's going to This is blowing my mind. Can, can confirm on that. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to take a handful of like the, the duo cookies from Aldi too. the vanilla cookie on one side, chocolate cookie on the other, and I mash them in my hands. Okay. I take about five cookies and I just crunch them and I throw those in the bowl too. Fuck Can't yeah. do that in the carton. Otherwise, those, those little fuckers are going to get soggy. All right. All right. What kind of ice cream are you eating? Oh, it catches all can, um, you know, whatever is really on sale. I, I don't discriminate. Do you eat a lot of Ben and Jerry's? Because for me, no. the likelihood that I put ice cream in a bowl is in direct inverse relation to how much stuff is in it. Right. If it is vanilla, chocolate, salted caramel ice cream, something, you know, like like one of those like very simple flavors, that's going in a bowl for right. me. But as soon as it's like fish food, chocolate fudge brownie, half baked, any of that stuff. What the fuck is fish food? <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? I don't put it in a bowl. So you do eat ice cream out of the bowl. Well, did you just say what the fuck is fish food, Ben? Yeah, what's fish food? I literally just asked, what is fish food? Ben, are you shitting me? We lived together for five oh, years. Oh, Ben and Jerry's fish food. The, oh, Ben and Jerry's. Again, I don't fucking eat Ben and Jerry's. Why not? It's really good. Not the 1%. <laughs> Morgan, thank you. Morgan put the correct spelling of fish food in the chat. So wait, hold um, on. Hold on. We're recording right now, right? We are recording right okay, now. Okay, so I want to point something out for the studio audience that I that I really, really do love. Every once in a while, like, we'll get into this, like, back and forth thing about the fish food. And Morgan will just so calmly write what it is in the chat log of the podcasting app that we use. And, like, all the time. And, like, and, like, and, like, does not register on his face at all that he, like, 
just put out like what the thing is. And I really, really love that. I really admire it. It's like, well, he's doing it right now. <laughs> he's now knowing his harm. He's making it known. We are now the aggressor. Well, Morgan, what do you do with ice cream? You don't eat ice cream because you're allergic to milk. Hard pass. Don't you drink like a gallon of milk a day? That's yeah, it's different. Pass. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it is. Very, it's very different. Prove it's it. It's really not. It's really not at all. It's the same. It's a byproduct. Yeah, it's totally the same. No, you're right. <laughs> Ice cream is just frozen milk. They don't add sugar or other ingredients or anything like that. <laughs> That's why all our children have diabetes. They have too much milk. <laughs> Yeah, but that's the sad part of the advertising campaign. Everyone would have plenty of calcium if they would just gobble ice cream all day. (laughs) No one really knows this, but actually, cows produce straight ice cream from the teeth north of the equator. Unless they're warm, does it come out? Cows naturally produce Ben and Jerry's fish food ice cream. If they're rich enough, the pain is unimaginable. Yeah, in Maine, they don't call it milking cows, they call it ice creaming cows. (laughs) This is why California dominates cheese. We couldn't get into the ice cream game, it was too warm. And so all the northern states got their advantage there. Did you just say that California dominates cheese? California has this slogan, good cheese comes from happy cows, happy cows come from California. Uh, we're going to get canceled. You know about that? No? Right. Wisconsin's coming for us. Yeah, Wisconsin's coming for us. No, and I think that's fair. I don't think, I don't, I want to be clear. I do love California cheese, but I don't think it dominates. And I think Wisconsin has great fucking cheese. Yeah, Wisconsin's got a whole ass cheese castle. <laughs> so does New England. New England Cabot Cheddar is, is by far my favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tillamook out of Oregon? Come on. Yeah. Oh, Tillamook is very good. It's very good. Because that's what I grew up on in Portland. It was local then, right? It was like only there. I, I'm, ex- I'm always excited to see a, a fresh, fresh package of Tillamook cheese. Mm-hmm. I went on their website the other day to find out how much cheese a person should buy because Natalie asked that question to someone she was buying cheese from. And the person said, I don't know, how much do you eat? And she said, I don't know, I'll come back. And so we looked up how much we should eat. Scintillating. <laughs> All this just to distract from my ideas how to improve Dune into a memorable film. I really wish I could hear this cheese conversation, which I was deeply enjoying. Yeah, fuck, dude. I'm going to kill my character just so we can show up for two hours and talk about how we fucking intake dairy. (laughs) Morgan, just because you do it in the most direct way possible doesn't mean that other people's methods You mean just because I'm a fucking pro means I have to put up with you fucking amateurs? Is that what you're saying? Just because I fucking figured it out and I'm on the next level, I have to listen to you chuckle fucks talk about, wow, what's my favorite way to stick a couple of needles of Ben and Jerry into my nostrils every now and then. Jagoffs. <laughs> Let me know when you're ready to play Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Morgan sounds like he's ready for the next topic of conversation, which is how to make Dune a more memorable movie. <laughs> and I'm taking the podium now. Okay. Dune overall was great. Very good visuals. <laughs> Dune was fine, but it's forgettable. And how to make a movie not not so forgettable? Well, let's look to some movies that are very memorable. American Pie. Great movie. Dude. There's something about Mary. Great movie. Dumb and Dumber. Excellent movie. What is a common thread through all of these? And we had to cut his mic. 
Um, very sorry, everybody. Well, uh, fucking shit! You cut my mic. I got me fucking too. I've got something to say. Can't even turn my camera off either. You're gonna see me say it too. As I was saying, the thing that reunites these memorable films together is what a horny protagonist. Okay, I'm saying Timothee Chalamet needs to be exercising an impossible level of self-control not to be cranking one out at all times it would make it so funny that would be you can't remember anything else about that movie no funny conversations nothing else yeah dude's gotta be the most unfunny comedy of all time (laughs) sure unfunny but memorable i'm not talking about funny i'm talking about if it's memorable i don't remember what happened in dune anymore (laughs) Ben, doing a strong pitch for the porn parody of Dune. Poon. (laughs) (laughs) I walked right into it. Uh, So yeah, can't wait to see parts two and three. With the Blink-182 soundtrack. (laughs) Don't waste your time on me. (laughs) When last we met, you all had just met some tricky water methods and had a conversation with them. You learned some things about some mysterious person, Nemia. Cole, I believe that Leighton determined that she was a druid, right? That's right. You begin making your way back towards camp. You want to gather a few things and then stake out the campsite. As you get back towards camp, you see that around this communal central fire where people were waiting to make sure it was safe to go back to their wagons, everybody is just dancing and dancing and dancing. And it seems like something is amiss. Now, there are a couple things I want to start off the sesh with. And first, uh, I rolled a secret check for Andruk between sessions. And you're carrying Nemia's backpack away from the river. And you passed this check. And as you begin to sling it onto your shoulder, you see stitched in a little bit subtly is a leaf with a drop of water falling from it. And you recognize it as the holy symbol of Gozra. Can you give us a quick reminder of Gozra and and their whole deal? Give me a religion check. I would love to do that. Um, 16. 16. Gozra is a deity with two aspects, a male aspect and a female aspect. Both are associated strongly with nature. I think I would I would tell Eugene. Hey, good buddy, check out this uh, check out this bat. What do you make of this symbol here? Looks like Gazra to me. Yep, definitely Gazra. <laughs> FYI, keep it in mind. <laughs> Can I roll a? This is my first attempt at a lore check, which is fun in two E, one of my favorite mechanics. Can I can I roll a lore roads check to see what Gazra's relationship is like to wanderers and travelers? Yes. Oh, natural fucking one. Layton is walking and scratching his head. And he's just like, how interesting. A god of nature. And he scratches and like a little static spark plays across (laughs) his four fingers. And he looks and he goes, hmm, best not to think too hard about that. Is that so? Looking up at the sky sort of plaintively. Oh, obvious question that I should have asked earlier. Um, Can I ask what Gozra's uh, alignment is? Yeah, Gozra is neutral. So true like true neutral, deep neutral. Yep. Hot neutral. Lawful neutral, neutral, chaotic neutral, neutral evil, neutral good. Okay. 
we're still like standing watching these people, right? These people dancing. So this happened, I'm retconning this a little bit. Oh, right, right? okay. This basically happened as y'all were leaving the stream. That happened basically at the end of last episode before you go into this, uh, before you approach the, before you approach the camp. Now, as you're walking back towards the camp and you see the other circus folk dancing uncontrollably and they just start moving around and around and around faster and faster. And you can see Duke flash past exhausted and his eyes light on you all. And he mouths, help us. And you can hear the music now, like pipes and drums rolling out just an irrepressible melody. Now, these bodies are whirling past, make it tough to tell, but you think you can see like two figures in the middle of the group right next to the fire playing the instruments. Now, Eugene, as you approach the camp, you're a little bit lost in thought, but this bubbles up. Uh, You recall something the great Fortunato said a while ago in Escadar. Now, this is back when you were still part of Mistress Dusklight's Celestial Menagerie. You mentioned sort of offhandedly to him your discomfort being in the city and maybe missing your point somewhat, whereas you were missing nature. He says, now, listen, cities aren't all bad, kid. You get to see what people can make when enough of them get together. Now, sure, there's rougher parts and you want to be prepared for that. Now, me, I keep this on me whenever I'm going to be out past dark in an unfamiliar part of town. And he pulls from his pocket, dangles it in front of you, some kind of talisman. You got to get you something like defense, and then whack! And a honeypot cracks him upside the head, and rice vinegar sloshes all over the two of you. <laughs> he says, Oscar appears to have discovered our trick. <laughs> now, you don't know what the talisman does, but I rolled a luck roll for you, and you know that you last saw it hanging from a dream catcher inside Bardolph's wagon. You don't know what it does, but he referenced it as something for defense. That is what happens as you approach the circle. You see two people in the center. Eugene remembers that there is something in Bardolph's wagon that could be used for defense. What do you do? Like like physical defense or like uh, defense of like psychic stuff? Psychic. He doesn't know what it does. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think so. I'm definitely going to relay this information to the group and be like, I think we got to go back to um, Bardolph's tent right now. I agree with this. Which way is Bardolph's tent, though, Eugene? Uh, we were just there. It is the one in the northwestern corner of the camp, if I'm not mistaken. It is the one in the northwestern corner of the tent. So all of you are going to walk away from... Must we go? It looks like such fun. No, no, don't listen too closely to the music. They are being bewitched, I believe. But, but we, we have to do something to, to help our, our family, our compatriots. We, uh, should we split up? Um, maybe some of you could go get the thing, the, the talisman or whatever, and I, I can see if I can't talk to these musicians, see, see if I can't put a halt to things. But what if you start dancing too? Then we are split and, well, with no recourse. Leighton, let's do it together. Yeah, Drew can stay with me. The two, the two of us can handle this while you run off and, and, and grab something that might help. I might plug your ears. Yes, maybe some beeswax. I don't suppose you have any of the bear's honey. Not on me. Mostly a joke. <laughs> and Leighton goes into his bag and pulls out something that you all have seen pretty consistently in traveling with him. It's his it's his traveler's log. And, and he has this, like, cataloged sort of old school encyclopedia style 
belted box and he pulls out an issue and you always see him reading them. You never see him write in them. And he goes to the back and grabs a couple of pages and rips and lets them just dampen in his hands and plugs his ears and plugs Andruk's ears. Okay, so Andruk and Leighton are going to stay here. Are the three of you or Professor, are you staying there too? Happy to go anywhere, but I'm most curious about this party that seems to be happening around the fire. So I think I'll stay here. Awesome. Oh, it's very wet in my ear now, Leighton. Ugh. <laughs> so the other two of you, Ben, Morgan, Eugene, and Sven are going to take off towards Bardolph's wagon. That is right. Okay, great. We'll have you two do that. We'll come back to you in just a moment. Okay. So the others of you approach the ring of whirling people. You look towards the center, you can see the people, but there's just a dense mass of bodies. Looking at this, you know that you can try to bull rush your way in. You can try to do it with some more finesse. We're talking about an athletics check. We're talking about an acrobatics check. Also, this is a familiar dance that everybody's doing. It's a familiar song. So you can also roll a lore, society, or performance check to try to join the dance and make your way through. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, we are all doing that. Fuck yeah. That'll be a performance check. There's a fiddle and ready for love. <laughs> over the stars above. Um, could I could I get a, could I use Laura, Kaylin, 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 my, uh, my deity, who's a deity of mirth and partying? Yes, absolutely, you can roll that. And Cole, what are you gonna roll? What, what is Leighton? Uh, performance. Performance, all right. Uh, so Leighton, starts humming along a little tunelessly and begins to skip. All right, boys. On beat. On beat. Here we go. <laughs> um, I rolled a 21. Rolled a 21. Wait, rolled a 25. 25. And the professor rolled a... 17 performance check. Hey. I love it. A 17 performance check. Right here. Right and the here. professor, the professor, uh, the professor, uh, like starts kicking up his heels a little bit and joins elbows with the last person on the line. That's exactly what you do. You all merge seamlessly with the dancers and glide, dance, and jig your way straight over to the people in the center. As you get closer, you realize that they are small humanoids with wings and the lower bodies of crickets. Oh my. Seen these people before. Old friends of ours. In other lives. <laughs> yes, indeed. Hey, the last time we got encountered with these, uh, we were like ninth level. Mm-hmm. It was a very different situation. <laughs> it was a very different situation. As you get closer, you land in the center. <sighs> what do you say? All right. Who do we have to thank for these festivities? Oh, hello. Oh, man. Uh, my name is Canon, and and you are obviously, obviously, you are Andruk. We saw your act. It was straight fire. Thank you. I know. Loved it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like a few minutes ago, we, um, sorry, this is Teresia. And she's like, hey, uh, yeah, I'm Teresia. Uh, you were fantastic. But also, um, is that... Is that the professor? Uh, I think that's the professor right there. Like, you were amazing. You were that square girl. Just like, oh my goodness. And the audience, they loved it. I mean, like, we are, like, kind of performers, sort of, 
you know, just like, uh, I mean, I don't want to say like nothing like that you're doing, obviously professionals, but like we do do a lot of performance. And I just want to say like one performer to another sort of that it was awesome. That was really good. And you just, yeah, that was so good. I loved it. Oh man. Uh, anyway, yeah, no, we just, we, we heard everybody playing some instruments over here a little while ago and we just decided to get involved. And then look at everyone is partying right now. And like, we're helping. <laughs> I have to say this music is quite jovial. The professor's still like kind of kicking around a little bit more than he probably should be in this situation. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Everyone is having a, just such a good time. <laughs> it's so nice. Clearly, yes. No, it's um, wonderful. Thank you all so much for coming. Um, I, I'm afraid I didn't see you at the show, though. I was taking tickets. Yeah, we were there. <laughs> okay, we were there. <laughs> yeah, taking tickets. All right, yeah, we were there. <laughs> Can I roll a perception check on that, Sam? Yeah, sure. For sense motive. Uh, 16. Yeah, he's not good. It's not good. <laughs> Leighton sort of curls into a grin and looks down, leans over and says, I see. There's a lot that I see, pushing his glasses up. And I'm wondering, uh, what was your purpose in coming to our circus tonight? Uh, just as connoisseurs? Uh, to see all of the awesome stuff? Are you kidding me? Nothing ever happens here. This is so good. Yeah, no, we like nothing ever happens here. And we were just stoked to like get a chance to see some like professionals at work. It was really cool. Yeah, we just wanted to see some professionals at work. Well, who around town do you perform with? I mean, like, and they get a lot like, you know, like Katie, like no one, like we don't do a lot of like official performances or anything. So like, I mean, I'm really not, not anything like that. Uh, I don't know, just like, we're not like in a band right now or anything like that, but we like to take the opportunity when we can, like when people are having a good time to, you know, come by and like try to make some music with them, whatever. Well, can I just say like, y'all are off to a great start. <laughs> I am so impressed. Shut up. Uh, you know, especially for people who are, you know, just starting out from their career. I think this is incredible. Like what a shindig, you know what <laughs> I mean? Stop it, stop it. Are you open to any kind of like constructive feedback at all? Oh my God, from Andrew, of course. Like, what do you think? It's like a little faster, a little faster. And then they start like banging on the drums a little faster. Everybody starts moving a little bit more chaotically. <laughs> yes. So I've been doing this, you know, a while now. Um, and I think that the thing, the, the thing that really took me to the, the next level is a consideration of vibes. And the vibes right now are good, but they're not great. All right. So I, I just want to think about what does it take to go from good to great vibes? And I think a big part of that oftentimes is creating a space in which everyone's able to be themselves. And like right now, I just feel like we're being a little bit tight and strict with what kind of, what, what, what people are able to do, you know? And if we just gave them a little bit more freedom to express themselves out in, in a different way, outside of this choreographed, you know, like stayed uh, uh, system, they, they might enjoy themselves more. The vibes might go from not just good to great, but great to phenomenal. Yes, yes, absolutely. Canono, uh, on four, okay? One, two, three. And then they just start a totally wild, free form, <laughs> off kilter, like really just wild, like, oh, 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 oh. 
style beat. Yeah, what's the professor doing, Rudy? No, like, like the professor is just like like the Bugs Bunny cartoon, where he's just jerking, like, oh, it, uh, it, yes, it, it, exactly, yes, it, it, it's quite good, but just a moment! <laughs> and we're going to pause there, and we're going to go over to Bardolph's tent, where we find Eugene and Sven. Are we sort to think this amulet or how it would be a protection, or...? Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly what it does. Well, surely they won't mind us taking it then. Let's just see ourselves in. Same as Bardolph here? Yeah, yeah. You approach the wagon. It looks much the same as it was when you left it, Eugene. Okay, Sved. Maybe chill it. Bardo's been a little weird this week. Oh, so weird. He didn't recognize me, and I thought he might eat me the last time I saw him. Oh, no. It is not like him at all. No, he was definitely uh, tweaked on some magic, for sure. Perhaps he is mad at you. Maybe it would be better for me to talk to him. (laughs) Did you insult the bear at any point? I did no such thing. (laughs) And unless you're familiar with bears, I would advise against it. Well, I know what bears are, but I I don't know how you would insult one such that it might want to eat you, I guess, or ruin the friendship. You make a strong case, Fend. I'll just stand out here. You go ahead on (laughs) No, this should be this should be a partnership, I think. Uh, You know, bait cups. I'm probably the bad luck here, so I'll just stand outside. You have no, no, no. You will be the bait. Just holler if you need me. No, I do want you in there with me, my friend. (laughs) I don't feel too comfortable just going in and talking to bear alone. So if you would. <laughs> okay, well, I guess I could escort you in then if that's what you think is best. Yes, he's my muscle, maybe. You know, a real tough guy in the back, maybe some sunglasses. Or... Oh, in the back. Okay, fine. That's well, fine. Or to I the guess. side. You could be bodyguard to side or maybe even bodyguard in front, no? Understood. We'll figure it out. Let's just wing it. Can we open the door, please? Yeah, going for the door? Absolutely. Open it up. Bardo. Buddy. What's going on? And you see Bardolph on his bed, totally sacked out. He's had a big day. Remember, you recognize that he had been charmed and frankly, emotionally manipulated by somebody. And he just seems spent. And he just, you know, looks over at you and like sort of like, just like, and he sort of shrugs around without ever actually like getting up but so that he's facing you and his face is on like the edge of the bed just looking at you and he just gives you a big yeah oh we've walked into a mental health crisis no (laughs) so I would say that earlier in the day Eugene walked in on a mental health crisis though I think I don't want to make light of mental actual mental health crisis I do in this case I do it's a bear so we can do it (laughs) (laughs) but uh, right now we just seem to sort of be in the aftermath of that and he just seems spent. All right, well, Bardo, buddy, sorry to wake you. Seems like you need some rest. My friend Sven here is pretty concerned about your mental state. So we're just going to grab a talisman and get the hell out of here, if that's all right. And we want to know who did this to you, because they have to answer for it, okay? I've never seen you so sad, <laughs> and now I must make them pay, <laughs> okay? 
Wow. Uh, Bardolph, I'm sorry. I did not think that Sven would immediately bring up the triggering incident that he seems so concerned about 10 seconds ago. <laughs> but I guess if he needs to talk about it right now, that's fine. I thought he was angry, not depressed. Depressed is so much worse for a bear of his size. <laughs> you know, I'm... Fortunately, Sven, depression is pretty common in the bear community. When you spend months at a time sleeping every year, it's kind of inevitable. <laughs> but that's how it's so hard, <laughs> so hard to recognize, you know, when it's like, oh, you're basically depressed yeah, all the time. I guess it anyway. is hard to recognize for someone who doesn't train bears. <laughs> oh, don't put this on me right now just because I don't know. Just get out of here. Just get out of here. <laughs> So, in the midst of this domestic, <laughs> you see a dream catcher hanging a little bit away from the wall right by the door. Oh, no. And hanging in the midst of that is what you recognize as the talisman you saw. Hmm. I hope one of your family members made that for you and it wasn't just purchased, Bardolf, because sort of thing is frowned upon these days. That's 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 pretty fair. Okay, that's, it that's even true. has a price tag on it. You could at least have removed that first, Bardolf, okay? I know you're depressed, but come on, let's do a little here. <laughs> Can we, can we, do we need to, can I tell by looking at it, Sam, if I need to take the entire dream catcher or is it able, is it like possible just to pluck the talisman part out of it? It would be possible to pluck the talisman part out of it. Cool. So I'm like, hey, Bardo, sorry to bother you again, but I think we're going to need the little talisman piece from inside your dream catcher. I'll be sure to bring it back or give you something else in exchange that's going to be just as good. Bardo looks at you looks at the dream catcher and he just kind of rolls over you take this as consent the world has already taken enough from him what's a little amulet going to do could give us some bad dreams guess we're gonna find out <laughs> uh yeah we go over and uh, take the amulet i think yeah, snatch it snatch it and roll i think Absolutely. So you take it, you get outside with it, and it's a long claw. And you recognize, Eugene, that it's not a bear claw. It is an owl bear claw. An owl bear claw? Uh-oh. And it's dropped in the chat. Mm. Love an owl bear. Uh, is an owl bear something that we would be familiar with or only have known of? All right, so Sven, what you need to know about this is it's just an average bear claw. It's just like the kind of claw that every bear has. And it might look a little different to you, but. But the one, then why do it. they call it owl bear? No one calls it that. But we just recognize that it's not a bear claw, <laughs> but it's an owl bear. You even said it, it's an owl bear claw. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, don't gaslight me in this. You just said it, it came out of your mouth. <laughs> I said nothing. <laughs> so, so for the game, it is an owl bear claw. For Sven, who is learning about this thing from Eugene, it is a bear claw and not an owl bear claw, because Eugene seems to be pranking you, bud. It's a consumable. It is a consumable. 
The, this claw is set in an iron clasp and chain. This claw, set in an iron clasp and chain, isn't always the claw of an owlbear. That's the reading you need to read, Mark, is the Methodist part of the line reading. <laughs> oh, 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 gosh. Okay, so when you activate the claw, which is, uh, it's affixed to the weapon, right? So you just chain it to a weapon. The triggering attack gains the weapon's critical specialization effect, something that is generally only activated in magic weapons. So those of you who are using weapons, take a look at what the weapon's critical specialization effect is. You gain that for the weapon once this owlbear claw is activated, and it lasts until the trigger, which is critically succeeding in an attack roll with the affixed weapon in this case. Yeah, so you would immediately get the specialization and then it disappears. Mm -hmm. The other way you get those guys, just so you know, is through level up. So their their specialization feats you can take at higher levels in certain classes like Ben. That's a big part of the fighter build is you get access to those for the weapons you use. Yeah. Is there is there also the magical ability? I thought it was that part too, but is it or is it just weapon specialization generally? Uh, I, that I don't know. Like there might be an enchantment right that is like to give it the specialization or something that I don't know about. But it, there's definitely a level up piece to this. Cool, cool. Not a lot of things can be done with magic in games like this. We'll see what happens. Yeah, that's a cool. That's a cool fucking. So item, your though. bear friend is just leaving his toenails all over, including in his dream catcher. Very nice of him. Okay, so we're gonna leave it there as they start spatting again, and we head back over to the fire, where the professor is doing the Bugs Bunny. Just jerking around with all of now, now that's enough. Now, now stop it. After all, enough's enough. But I guess they ignore me, and I just keep doing that till I'm dead. <laughs> Sam, has the change in song had any impact on the on the group that's dancing around us? Yeah, the people who are dancing around you all look quite a bit like Bugs Bunny in that scene from that Looney Tunes episode. So I like what you were saying, Harold, but if you want to make what you were saying a little bit more explicit, I, I'd, give you, I'd give you a chance to sort of add this on and then make a diplomacy roll. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like where you're going with this. It's a little bit more experimental, a little more funky. It's like a more mature phase of your of your musicianship. But like, Think about your audience a little bit and think about how your how your art is being perceived by them and think about whether it's giving them the freedom to express themselves the way they want to express themselves, not the way you want them to express themselves. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does seem like they want to be expressing themselves like this right now. And then Canano looks at her and he's like, it does seem like they want to be expressing and themselves yet, like this And yet, is there not that moment in every great show where the respite comes, where you come to this point where you are now both at, playing so quickly and so incredibly, and then a cesura, and you leave the audience wanting more. What you need to show us now as great performance is the cesura, the stopping point. And uh, the professor's hobbit feet are clomping on his the top of his head, and he's going, yes, the cesura, the cesura! And they look at each other and they're like, oh my God, so embarrassing. That is how you say that word? I have been, I've only ever read it. <laughs> and give me a diplomacy role. I think I think we're looking at you, Druk. I think we're looking at you, Druk, unless this is really hamstringing the party by doing that. We can, I can do it. Cole did make the, the Cesura suggestion. That's true. That's true. All right. So why don't and we I get... assume he does have more training in diplomacy than I do at the moment. I mean, I have a plus three. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. And and give yourself a give yourself a plus four, Harold. That was that was good. All right. 
13 plus 4 is 17. DC 17. No. Let's go. Let's fucking go, Will. Absolutely. Now, um, now, Cole, give me a diplomacy check. Okay, Dick. I'm throwing this die away. That's an eight. That's an eight. All right. And the professor, give me a performance check from the dancing for the dancing. Uh, certainly. Oh no. That is a eleven. An eleven. Okay, heard. So they like slowly wind down and are like, right, yeah, a satsura, satsura, um, right, yeah, got it, um, yeah, like that's right. Uh, obviously, every like thing has to end. Um, that's like good, like this. Uh, like I just, I mean, like obviously, I thought that people were having a good time. And, oh, here come um, the blue Mondays. I'm like, no, and she, and she, you. You were doing amazing, Canano. Like they were digging it, and I, like, yeah, all good things um, must come to an end. Uh, obviously, uh, and uh, like we're we're so sorry if we overstayed our welcome. I think can Drew jump in as soon as it's like soft enough that he thinks that the that, like the group has mostly control of their own bodies, and I think he's going to say, "That was amazing!" A round of applause for the performance. And like, like, just wants everyone to start clapping and making as much noise as possible as soon as they are physically able to do that. Okay, yeah, absolutely. These people who are just magically enchanted, <laughs> you're getting them to the We're false doing up. These Griggs, I, I love it. So, um, uh, this is when the the uh, the two chatty. <laughs> passive aggressive members of your party are just coming over still sniping at each other and perhaps <laughs> lying to one another and guys you get over there at the same time that you see Druk starting to like really try to slow clap just... he's trying to get an applause round going do what what do what do Eugene and Sven I love do? clapping <laughs> I'll do it for anything <laughs> That's fantastic. You can give me, um, you can give me diplomacy, deception, or performance for your claps. This is for everybody now. Uh, ben, any of those three: deception, diplomacy, or performance. Mine is, mine is going to be deception, just because Ben really can't get his mind off of bear depression rate <laughs> and how uh, just simply telling a bear to go seek therapy is actually a really short-sighted uh, view to an end. Um, so yeah, it's going to be deception. He he does not feel like clapping. <laughs> frankly yeah he may he may not be he's actually just like <laughs> doing the physical it's gonna be a 17 17 mine's a 20 20 all right 13 13 okay professor mine will also be a deception because the professor's super pissed about what just happened to him Applaud for these boobs. It's undignified. (laughs) It is a 20 on the die for (laughs) Jesus Christ. For for 27. Yes, yes, very nice. Very nice. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, completely straight faced is going, I loved it with absolute intention and looks like a fucking idiot. And is uh, is that is so that that was that's everybody that's around the horn, right? It is Eugene. I mean, I, 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 I mean, mine was an 18. Yours was an 18. Oh, 
Yeah. All right. So crush it. Druk. They start to get weepy and sad that, you know, they heard, they read between the lines on that. They were like, we're doing something that people don't want us to do. And we thought we were doing something that people wanted us to do. So now we're really upset and embarrassed. And then you're just like, that was amazing. (laughs) And like, this is one of the first times maybe in history that there has been a slow clap on Galarian, right? It's not a trope. I invented the slow clap. <laughs> like no one knows what this is, right? There's no ma- there's no mass media. There's no there's no joke about this. And they get an honest to God, authentic slow clap. And their hair is blown back. And they're like, oh my God. And like they almost barf with excitement. Like we are, like they, they barely get through this unbarfingly, and just yelling at them, clap, clap, clap. <laughs> <laughs> but with increasing speed at this point, that they're almost chucking and just clap, 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 clap. Yeah. Yep. You guys are so sweet. Oh my goodness. Um. Yeah. Like. Wow, uh, especially coming from all of you and the man over there who doesn't understand clapping. Uh, <laughs> I emerged from the woods doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Just so meaningful. <laughs> wow, yeah, you, uh, everybody, you guys are, and then they're, like, then they're like, you know, they get the clap and then they get the pats on the back from everybody and they are like, wow, thank you. Thank you so much. You know, uh, we, we, we like, we are like so into you guys. And we come from a gifting culture. That's just like who we are. That's how we were raised. Uh, and, yeah, go on. Uh, you know what? And they look at each other and they just like start nodding and smiling at each other. And Teresia digs in her belt pouch and she pulls out a glimmering piece of crystal. Oh my, my, my. And hands it to Andruk. She's like, you should have this because... I just thank you for like telling us not what we wanted to hear, but what we needed to hear. Like every artist needs that, especially us, because like like we said, we're not like big collaborators right now. We're mostly just vibing off each other. Like we're getting some really nice stuff down. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, for sure. And and the thing to remember is that talent is not just a gift. It's a responsibility, all right? And you have, to, <laughs> you have to be careful about how you use the gifts that you're given and the talents you have and how they impact other people. But if you continue down this path and you keep your, your guiding star as being other, as making other people happy, I think you're gonna be, you know, really powerful. Really, you're gonna be really successful. I'm, I'm so proud to meet you all. Holy fuck, that was so hot. Um. <laughs> Was it good? Was it good? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like they're they're good at their they're good at their instinct. okay. Like they're they're they are enchanting to listen to. Yeah. So Leighton um, sort of pushes his glasses up, looks over at the rest of the group, and gets this little grin on his face, and sort of leans down and gets on one knee because they're quite small, right? Yeah. Gets down onto one knee to face them eye to eye and says, <laughs> "Um, you know, uh, you're enterprising young individuals. You're." gaining entry to our um, circus tent in lieu of our 
bouncer, Sven, over there. Um, Sven, it's fine. They're fine. Okay. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> you see, now this community is bonded to the four principles of peace, love, unity, and respect. <laughs> um. <laughs> now who's got them fucking molly? <laughs> remember now, remember now. Share your water, share your water. I want to roll my brains out. <laughs> Remember how last time Ben was a bard and all we did was fight things, and now he's a fighter and all we do is talk to shit? Um, Quick, let's get to the south tent. Moby's on at 3 a.m. Leighton leans in and says, You're enterprising young individuals with clearly quite a bit of talent, and you say that you've been looking to make the next leap. How would you like to be an act in our up-and-coming circus? Oh, my God. Join us as partners. That's so perfect, like your language, because we are crickets. Um, and like, would love to leap into the next adventure with you all. That sounds great. Um, <laughs> not tonight, but like, I love this idea, and we're going to be in touch. Yes, yes, and and in fact, here's my address that you can write me to. I'd say that you should do at least three to four years of practice before you really put yourself out there onto the circus stage. Uh, here, uh, just a moment. Yeah, so they take your info, they take Leighton's info, and they're both, like, looking at it. And, like, like I know I was making sort of an entertainment industry, like, we are going to call you. But actually, they do seem pretty genuinely excited about that opportunity. And Three to four years. Three to four years. <laughs> going to show them stuff. That, and he goes, thank you so much. This is, like, so cool talking to you all. Um, thank you, uh... Canano and Dresia and well, we'll see you around, I guess. Wow. What initially brought you to us, though? Uh, do you have a friend that maybe observed the show with you? No. The circus. We heard circus. Um, professionals, opportunities, you know what I mean? Just like, I guess, like, chance, honestly, for something like this to happen was why we came and so stoked that it did. Like, you know, people tell you to just put yourself out there all the time in this business. All the time. And it is so hard. Yes. So hard. Yes, it's very like, hard. Doing that. Yes. But, God, you do it. And then stuff like this happens. You meet amazing people like you. Yes, I mean, man. like, oh, my God. Talent is a responsibility. It's like, fuck, man. Yes. Like, that's it. That's yes. it. That's a missing piece for me. Yes, absolutely. Oh, yes. God. I'm feeling so inspired. Here's a potency crystal. Good night. <laughs> 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 you all oh fuck, crystal. take my crystals. <laughs> <laughs> This will bring you power. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It brings your energy right up. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Boy. So did I get the sense that they were connected to Nemia or not? You believe that they were being straight up. Okay. That's a great shaggy dog story to get a potency crystal, man. I gotta give props to whoever wrote this book. That was really good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's great. To tell you what that is, yeah. 
So when you activate the crystal, the weapon becomes a plus one striking weapon for the rest of the turn, gaining a plus one item bonus to the attack roll and increasing the damage on a hit to two weapon damage dice. The trigger is you make an attack with the affixed weapon, but you haven't rolled yet. So you pop this on, you make an attack, hope you hit, you get a plus one bonus to hit and plus one bonus to damage. No, 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 sorry, not plus one bonus to damage. It becomes a striking weapon, which means you double damage dice on a standard hit. And that is what you find. So who is taking what talisman? I will take the potency. I think that sounds great. Ben, is it okay if I take the um, the owlbear uh, pendant? Yeah, I think that works. And y'all are the only two weapon users, really, yeah. right? Like, there's right. not... Right. I have a sling. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Yep. Rudy has a sling. And, and a dagger. We didn't ask if you have them. We asked if you use them. <laughs> only in great need, oh son of Adam. <laughs> All right. So the Griggs have left. There is a campfire. There are people who are still, like, mourning the loss of their leader, Myron Thunder Stendhal. What do we think happens right now? Yeah, we never gave him a proper burial. I feel like Leighton, at least, would want to just calm people down and get them to sleep. Like, for the general group. I'm not saying the five of us immediately. But just, like, try to get people out of the way so that we can look at stuff and figure out a plan of action. Yes, there has been so much what with the river walking and the depressed bear and the mini raves. It is distracting us from the fact that our boss is dead. And our friends must be terribly tired after their ordeal. It may be best to let them rest for now and, and see if we can't put something together. Yes, I agree with this. We should put our brains together. And Duke comes forward and he's like, The people have been waiting to go back to their wagons. They weren't sure if it was safe. What with the vipers and that evil plant. The people are worried. They're afraid. Why don't we bring the wagons into the tent? Everyone can stay close. Well, that is is okay. We can can attempt to, to, to bring the wagons into the Dude, tent. will you just be cool for once? Jeez! <laughs> Everything we say, it's roadblocks, roadblocks, roadblocks. Love you, no brother, man. but jeez. We need to be a yes man right now. <laughs> just like a human speed bump. <laughs> I'm just wondering, why don't we just sleep in the tent? I mean, we can bring the wagons in. Good idea! Like How lot. about that, dude? It was all your idea. You guys, you, you guys are in charge. You guys are in charge. Everybody... I know you're sad, but let's move all of your wagons into the tent. Um, We'll figure it out. Somebody put these assholes in charge, and they said, move them. I know you're sad and tired from all of the dancing, but fucking hop to. Finally, a little gusto out of you, Duke. I like this new you. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Mm. Oh. Mostly wondering why we didn't talk to him like this sooner. <laughs> Could have saved ourselves a lot of time. Oh, my God. Jesus fucking Christ. What is he doing? Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Literally needs an atom bomb in order to put a fire under his ass. Holy shit. Oh. Hey, it's been a long day. It's just like one of those weird things about show business. You got to remember that they work for you. <laughs> so are you getting people kind of like into the tent or do you want to let them go back to their wagons? Like what, what is that the plan to like sort of usher them into the tent to, to get them to sleep there? And look, I, Whatever you want to do, if you want to move all the wagons and shit into the tent, we can we can start start doing that. I that was Duke's reaction for. Sure. I think it should be left to personal choice under the proviso that you know your wagon might have snakes. <laughs> if you're willing to risk it for the biscuit, you can sleep in your wagon, sure. But we've seen how this turns out. We have lost our boss after all, so. And also, if you choose to sleep in the tent, just know that you might also be sleeping under the same roof as a very depressed bear. He might cry himself to sleep. Sven does not think we are safe. <laughs> I'm saying high alert, people. High alert, okay? Head on a fucking swivel. So y'all present this to the group and the group is largely receptive of the idea of all sleeping in one space. Um... And they're like, you know, obviously we need to get our, our, our sleeping clothes, our, our, our bedrolls, our pillows, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, oh, that's yes. the wagon suggestion. Concern. Yep. Yeah. So let's just bring the whole wagon instead of the things that we yeah, It's I mean, on I wheels. It. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, no, no. Yeah. Let's hitch the teams to the wagons. <laughs> we'll never the get these um, wagons moving. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> we do that every time we move. <laughs> so um, one of the Dwarven throwers comes up uh, to Sven, who seems to be in charge. And he goes, we were hoping that we could get some help with our stuff. Uh, going back to the wagon. And uh, would you mind escorting us? I, I, yes, I can walk you there if you're so scared. I understand I may have overplayed the debate. So, yes. I am. I feel vulnerable. And here is my cousin, Pem, who is going to handle this interaction for the rest of the time. Hi, Pam. Yep, yep. Hello. Hi. <laughs> really? Um, yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. So you just need to you, you put your pajamas on first because you're going to get in the tent otherwise and realize there's no privacy in there. So put your pajamas on in the, the wagon and then I'll help you over. Okay. And we zoom out of that interaction and we zoom in on the interaction where Mordain is in com conversation with Druck and she says, I am going to go get my stuff from my tent. I'm going to go get it alone. Uh, Mordain, don't, don't you know. have a helper? I thought I'd like, I swear I talked to some dude who's uh, like yeah. your yeah. manager. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Manager. Not really like personal protection. I'll be here. I'll be here. I'll be, I'll be here with you. Guys. I'll be here. But yeah, but like, um, I'm not sure I feel safe with me there. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll, we'll go together. We'll go together. And we zoom out and we zoom in on a variety of these interactions. And it, it becomes clear that the people want you to protect them as they go back to their wagons. So all of this takes place, all of this sort of bouncing back and forth, escorting people to the wagons, getting their bedrolls, getting their fixings. And one of the people that have sat around the campfire longest are the people who are keeping themselves company, the Kanbalis, right? The Featherfall Five. And they're still there and they get up and they say, the father... Edward says, thank you for helping us, uh, for helping everybody and, and showing leadership when we need it. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'd, I'd like it if, if y'all came with us as we got our stuff. I, I don't know. 
it's just uh, everybody's all spooked. We're all spooked. In. Understandable, understandable, sir. Sam, can you just remind us, what, their tent was a tent of interest, and why was that? There were rat tracks near it. Got it. And also, it's worth remembering that this would have only happened a few hours ago for y'all. Their tent had rat tracks near it. Their net was gnawed. Their net was damaged. Mm -hmm. And you all (laughs) convinced them to go on. (laughs) In an act of criminal negligence. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, That's one more lawsuit avoided. Yes, (laughs) yes. So you begin walking over to their tent, and as you approach the Kanbali wagon, you hear a faint susurrus that grows louder and louder, resolving into the patter of countless tiny feet. And before you, the grass seems suddenly alive with tiny, furry, black creatures. And standing among them, your eyes track up to a halfling woman with a headdress in the shape of a rat's skull. Its open mouth is framing her round face and she wears an old cloak. It's patched and it's mottled and it looks like the colors of a forest floor and bright green culottes with furry bare feet. This woman appears before you and she says, you interfered in my plans. I thought the death of your leader would surely send you into disarray. And one or two more accidents throughout the performance. Imagine this entire vile town, terrified, on the edge, death in place of revelry. Who can say one straw, maybe two, and poof, snap. It unravels. This blight on our island. The people would flee. The town would be no more and balance could return. Nature could tread its path, not hindered by the furious gashes slashed by this town. I will do what must be done to see that restored. Nemia Bramblecloak will see these people gone, for no price is too great. When I think, when I think about the lengths I am forced to reach to right the pillaging of this land, the coppery taste of blood fills my mouth. I taste the life force flowing out of the wounds inflicted on this land by these people that you entertain. I am going to kill you. Contempt for the audience. Oh. <laughs> 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 oh. Oh. Wow, that's fucking dope. <laughs> Wait, was it you that made the dream catcher in the bear's wagon? No. What a speech, though. Man, holy crap. I mean, we didn't even give you any... We didn't even prompt you. We just went. Really impressive. We are actually currently booking acts for our circuit. Would you like to join it? I think that's quite enrapturing. We could do like a series of monologues. I mean, you know, some, some vignettes. Sort of a coffee house vibe. Yes, yeah. dude. I will not dance. 
Will these destroy us? No, dancing would require you to try and connect culturally with others who are similar to you, which is clearly so anathemic to your nature. A pity that you couldn't find nature among your own kind. I'm so sorry. See, we got a talker too. Boom. (laughs) And seeing you talk and speak to nature, her eyes track over to Eugene, and she says, What are you doing here? You have these bears penned and caged. Do you truly think they're happier here than out in nature? The nature that you revere. Oh, fuck. That you love just as I do. And yet you twist their natures. Tempt them with treats, with comforts. Oh, fuck. What are you doing? We are trying to make a buck at the expense of those underneath (laughs) us? I see you, Eugene. I see the contempt you have for this place. Oh, fuck. You don't need to be here. Eugene just looks down at his feet, rubs the back of his neck. Eugene doesn't engage? No. Holy shit! It is interesting to me that you do not see the possibility for companionship, the swarm that surrounds you. They're no friends of yours, are they? Merely minions. But I've watched Eugene with the bears, myself with Claude, my best friend. He's over there. These others, they show compassion for many. This is what happens when you live among people as opposed to by yourself. You learn empathy and compassion for those that surround you, regardless of the differences between you. I would implore you to attempt such a thing. It is not perfect, but it is beautiful. But if you're unable to do so, and wish simply to kill us, we will rise to the challenge, and you will fall and molder, such as nature always takes. Hear, hear, madam. You think that I live by myself? Look at all my friends. And she looks down at her feet where there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of rats. That big rat icon is a swarm, not one giant rat. Oh dear, dear And she says that I am alone. Please meet those whom I surround myself with. Go. Roll for initiative, perception. I have used all my good rolls on everything so far. Totally worth it, but worried about it. <laughs> oh, I just want to go to bed. I just want to go to bed and have a spell slot again. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Not today, buddy. Not Must today. be so nice to be a martial fighter. Yeah, nice. No resource constraints whatsoever. I mean, health points. <laughs> yeah, but we spend all our time healing you. <laughs> Actually, no, yeah. you're the healer. Yeah. Yeah, early levels of spellcasting. I mean, like from Pathfinder One when we when we played Dragon Slayers, I was just like, it was it was painful. It's rough, dude. And then you turn into a demigod. Yeah. Yep. It's a natural order of things. I don't understand what you. I don't know why. I you mean, it's that, like, really just point. an allegory for all the nerds who got beat up in high school going on to high paying jobs. Sam, that's really what D and D Pathfinder. That's all. It's your what rewards. Yeah. At level six, you get laid. it's not great but at level 9 it's a little better (laughs) Jesus Christ alright is everybody in? Druk 
Initiative of 24. What was that on the dice for you? Uh, 17 plus 7. Dees. You're up first. You see her hand twitch to order the rat swarm forward. What do you do? Yeah, I mean, I think that I am going to uh, draw my bow. I assume that I'm going to have to make that action first. Yep, interact with your bow. Um, I mean, the question is, would you have had your bow out while escorting people back and forth, or do you think that you were just walking with them and talking with them? That's an honest question. Either one is feasible. What do you think Druk's style is in this case? Yeah, I know. I think that um, he would be walking and talking. In that case, I think that it's an interact action, an interact action to draw the bow. Yeah. Um, so uh, for my first action, I'm going to uh, draw my bow, and then um, get into my point blank shot stance before taking a shot at Nemia herself. Um, so with my third action, here we go. It's a 17 plus nine is 26. Let's 26. Go, is that a crit? Out that the is gate. Not a crit. No. That's not a crit. That's not a crit. Get out of here with that. Is that a crit? Fuck. Five points of damage. Alrighty, five points of damage, and that is it for you. Next up, it's her turn. Butts. So, she looks at you all, and she's like, <laughs> You fool. To bring another enslaved beast into my presence. I don't think so. I will open his eyes to the horrors that you put him through. Not again. And she raises her hand and (laughs) An unseen cold wind that you don't feel with your skin washes over all of you. And you see Claude's eyes roll back in his head. You motherfucker. Give me a will save. I fucking oh. knew you were going to do this goddamn bullshit, you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, okay, here we go, Claude. Here we go, buddy. You're my best friend. You'll always be my best pal. Fuck me. That's a 13. 13? No way. That is a fail. He starts bucking as he is paranoid. And you are no longer seen as an ally, but rather he is unfriendly towards you. So, you're on a bucking horse. Do you know exactly what the rules for a bucking horse are? Because I don't. I'll, I'll start looking. But I, what I want to do is an athletics check as opposed, uh, opposed to your ride check. So give me a Claude Athletics versus your ride. Okay. Um, got it. So Claude's athletics check is going to be... Oh, fuck me. (laughs) Oh, there's the Natty 19. That's nice. That's cool. Thanks for making me roll against myself, you dumb son of a bitch. (laughs) So fucking mean. You couldn't have rolled it and just asked me for the bonus? God. (laughs) That's so fucked. Do you want me to roll your ride check? I'll roll your ride check. Oh, I'll just die. It's fine. Um, well, there is no such thing as ride. Nature is what you use to handle an animal. Okay, give me a nature check. Uh, no. Okay. Uh, or, oh, so you've already rolled a die, and it's not going to do it, no matter what you're It doesn't. No, nothing, nothing. I can't beat a 26 with a single skill that I have. Hurt. Cool. So, yeah, you are flung from Claude. 
I'm gonna say that okay. you're not flung towards people. I'm gonna say that you're flung uh, in one of these three squares. I'll roll a d6. It's one, two, three, four, five, six to all of the three squares that are directly north of you. You land in this square. Give me an acrobatics. See if you land on your feet. No. <laughs> That's too bad. So Layton is unhappy and sleepy. Uh, we're gonna use that token to represent that. Layton, you are on the ground. Nimia Bramblecloak went one, two, and then she is going to move to here. That is Nemia Bramblecloak's turn. Sven, you're up, baby. What are you gonna do? I am going to stick up as an advocate for my new bear friend's mental health and say, no, he is in good hands with us and we are taking care of him. You do not know what you're talking about. Um, he steps towards her in a blind rage, uh, drawing his weapons and is going to take one swing at her. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's gonna fucking miss. That's a three on the dice. Is it one swing or is it a double slice? Uh, it's just going to be the one swing because I'm moving, drawing. Drawing. Yep. Yep. Move, interact. Cool. Heard. And that's a miss. Layton. Damn. So Layton, ass over elbows, drops to the ground, scoots back a little bit, looks up at rearing Claude and says, Oh, yes, I see what kind of friend you are to the animals. The one that would torture them in a way that they cannot understand, you sick woman. And he is going to lob an acid or a frigid splash at the rat, at the rat, uh, the corner where it would splash and hit her. The rat swarm. That's a natural twenty. Natural twenty. So that is a critical hit oh, for Litton because seems... he's pissed. That seems important. A critical hit. Okay, so if you hit, you deal one d six one d six cold damage plus one splash cold damage. And on a critical success, the target also takes one persistent cold damage. Hit me with it. Yeah. Do you know, does, do I also get double damage on this? Like two, two D6? Or is it just the one persistent cold? The, that's the critical effect? It just says on a critical success, the target also takes one persistent cold damage. I think because it doesn't list success failure, that means it's a basic, which means it deals double and then gets that. That's my understanding. That is exactly what I think. Okay. So awesome. you're gonna deal you're gonna deal double damage to the swarm, and you're going to deal splash damage to the swarm and to Nemia. Yes, and then the swarm will also have one persistent cold damage. So yes. every turn it'll tick. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The hit is gonna be six total damage to the rat swarm and one total damage to Nemia on the splash. All of it is cold, and then the rat swarm has one persistent cold damage moving forward. That's two actions for Layton. So hold on. So okay. what what was on the dice? A three and a two. A three and a two for five, plus one splash damage yes. for six, right? Yes, that's right. You look and you're like, ooh, that was effective as you do more damage than you think you would have initially. And so Leighton, like, as he, you know, screams out to defend his best friend, he reaches his hand up and it just gloms with ice and then the ice turns to sleet and he flings it screwball sideways to like splash out and across the swarm of rats and then he tucks and rolls backwards um, but doesn't quite make it because he's like a little tubby 
um, and falls a little bit over on one side and then scrambles up and will use his last action to stand from prone. I can see exactly the maneuver you're talking about where someone starts to go over their head is like, nope, this is actually a soldier <laughs> roll. And then like pushes up a little bit too early and lands on a knee instead of their feet. And like, yeah, eventually he gets there. But it's, uh, it's a badass move. And you do some serious damage as you throw this ice bomb and it's just like, as it hits, the splash damage doesn't just hit one rat, basically, right? It splashes and hits a bunch of them. So it's, you see little rats dying everywhere, freezing to death. That is Leighton's turn. It's the professor's turn. And uh, this is uh, Minia is her name, correct? Nemia. Nemia. Nemia! And uh, in that moment, the professor lifts up his eye patch revealing a fiery golden red pupil in which he yells from a voice deep from within and says, Nimbia Bramble Cloak! <laughs> and uh, that was the invoked true name, Sam. Yeah, the, that, 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 that cantrip, the uncommon cantrip. The uncommon cantrip. So what does that do? Uh, until the end of Nimbia's current turn, she's flat-footed against my spells and takes a negative two circumstance penalty to saving throws against the spells. Now, I think that this is really cool. And Rudy, there is a, a reason that you, that I, that we talked about why this uncommon cantrip made sense for your character. How much do you want to talk about that right now? I think it should be revealed uh, in-game as opposed to me just narrating it. Uh, yeah, expositing it. That's fine. That's fine. Um, but it is it is a cool cantrip. It is a cool story. And uh, we'll leave it there. So you say uh, her true name. Her true name. And that means that she's flat-footed to you for the rest of the turn. All right, what's your next move? And I command her to drop prone. <laughs> and uh, she will do a will save against that. It's getting a weird. Will save. <laughs> and then Ben will squish her like a whoopee cushion. <laughs> and what is she? What's the penalty that she takes? To a negative two. A negative two? Oh my god! Let's see if it works. She's a druid, so she should have goodwill. She does have goodwill. She does have goodwill. And peace toward men. Certainly not that. Oh, this is this is a question mark, Rudy. What's your what's your spell save DC? My spell DC is a 17. I rolled a 7. Oh, man. But your will is what? For a 16. Holy With the minus 2? With the minus 2. Rudy! Well done, Rudy. What a turn. Holy cow. So, yeah. That's a pass. If without the are, are we doing nominations for hero points? Can I nominate for a, like a perfect turn from Rudy? Oh my god, we aren't. Which, <laughs> disqualif- which disqualifies Rudy immediately. Uh, that sucks. Because oof. otherwise, otherwise, honestly, contender. Because that Great. that was a baller ass turn. Awesome. Um, that was does that bad. provoke? It's a move action, and Ben does have an attack of opportunity. Uh, oh my god. Does Ben have an attack of opportunity? Yep. He's a f- it's first level free feet. Free feet for a fighter. One um, feet, two feet, three feet, baby. To drop prone. Well, well, Sam, it says failure on command. For the first action on her next turn, she must use a single action to do as I command. So she'll do it on her next turn. 
So we can, uh, I'll look it up in between, Sam, if you want. I'll just look up whether this provokes between now and her next turn. Professor, that is a very good turn. If anybody had ever spent a hero point, I would almost certainly give one out right now. And the professor flips his little eye patch down, shakes it off and goes, oh, my, my, my. It is the rat swarm's turn. Uh-oh. It is going to move directly 20 feet north. It's going to swarm over Claude, Andruk, and Eugene. And yeah, hundreds and hundreds of rats just come swarming over you. And to read this aloud, a swarm of rats can cause total chaos within a household or business, contracting uh, something. <laughs> was I just I didn't get that word? Was it? <laughs> so it moves up it covers all of you it takes an action each enemy in the swarm space takes 1d6 piercing damage and must attempt a basic reflex save so Claude Eugene Andrew give me a basic reflex save as I roll some piercing damage but you have to attempt the reflex save Mm -hmm. even if this is like Eugene's fetish (laughs) 18 (laughs) Yeah. No, no, yes, no. Now, now do it again, but with more piercing. <laughs> everybody, everybody, I love everybody, the rats. <laughs> everybody takes three piercing damage that is underneath the rat swarm. Uh, 18 for Claude. You make the rats swarm again, but slower. Clean up an aisle, Eugene. <laughs> oh, I just eugene my pants. <laughs> Um, oh, no. Is it a will save, Sam? It's a reflex save. <laughs> All right. It's a 24 for me. Woo! 24 and 18. Well and, prof- uh, and Druk? Mine's 16. Yours is 16. So everybody well. else takes the piercing damage, but is able to move out of the way before they really sink their teeth in. Only Druk is exposed. Give me a fortitude save, bud. Uh, 27 total. 20. But not sure. 20. Total, you pass the fortitude save. Nice little fortitude brunch there. And then, running up and around Nuh-uh. one of the wagons is another single rat oh, that is going to attack Sven. I regret not healing earlier. How are we so certain of the rat's relationship status from this distance? <laughs> well, I was, I was saying, Eugene, that, that might be the rat for you, my guy. That single rat right up there. I'm interested, but listening. That's a natural one! Oh, no. On its first attack. So, um, and then it doesn't, doesn't, get, doesn't get any traction. With a natural one, I'm going to punish that giant rat. I'm going to say that it doesn't get its third action. And then just like trips, stumbles. Loses a turn. It's clumsy. Actually, no. I'm going to say that it's clumsy one on its next attack. Going to do one more. Uh, that is a natural two. Guys, these dice are ice fucking cold right now. Make hay while the sun shines. Next up, Eugene, it is your turn. What do you do? Can I use wild empathy to try and stabilize Claude? My stabilize, I mean, return him to his senses or calm him or whatever you look in Claude's eyes and you're like this horse is gone right now yeah right it it you don't think it's forever but whatever's going on with Claude he has succumbed 
to magical effects. Mm -hmm. So your wild empathy would be going up against a creature that is currently unfriendly, right? Not attacking all y'all, just unfriendly. Yeah. But doesn't view you as allies. And you'd sort of be rowing a boat upstream against magic. Uh, I'm going to cast Magic Fang on myself. Morgan, did you put that Eugene is 9,000 hit points? He's, he's very he's very sturdy. <laughs> All right, you cast Magic Fang on yourself. How many actions is that? Two. And then I want to use my third action to take a swipe at this swarm, can I? Yeah, absolutely. Tight. So 20? That's a 20, that's a hit. Dope. Um, and then because I use Magic Fang... I get to roll two damage dice instead of one. Noise. And Sam, I, I forgot something on your turn that had that. Okay. Uh, that's seven points of damage. Seven points of damage? Yes. Nice. All right. You look, and you know that you normally struck perfectly. You're like, almost none of that went through. Yeah. Okay, that's my turn. All right. You should have taken one cold damage at the end of the Rat Swarm's turn and then they would get a DC 15 flat check to end that condition. Minus one, DC 15 flat. Natural one, that's a critical failure. That is Eugene's turn. Eugene, cast Magic Fang. What does it look like when you cast Magic Fang, Eugene? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think he mutters some stuff under his breath and his hands kind of like start to glow a little bit. And then, like, they slowly just morph into, like, these, like, large singular claws where it's, like, instead of having, like, five digits, it's just, like, two large, like, kind of raptor-ish looking, like, claw things that are about, like, the size of an entire hand. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Eugene casts Magic Fang. Hands turn into these long, talon-like claws. That is the end of round one. It is the top of round two. On Druk, it is your turn. Yeah, I mean, I think Druk is, like, traumatized. He's like, what the fuck was that? Um, and, like I, like, I think I would love to say that he, like, very, like, composedly, like, runs across the map to a safe area. But I think he does, like, the thing, like, where you feel like a, like, you think you have, like, a bug on your neck or something like that. And, you, and like, you just, like kind of like jerk around um so he does that kind of run to this spot before then taking um another shot at nemia on the ground and i should have looked this up i'm not sure how prone interacts with ranged attacks and whether she's still like flat-footed to me is not yet prone because she has not had an action on her turn yet so she's still standing upright right thanks for the reminder 17 on the die plus 9 is 26 again. 26 again. Yes, that is a hit. Again. Let's go. 5 plus 2 is 7. 7 points of damage. 7 points of damage. That's good, but that's good. Chip, chip, chipping away there. Um, and I'm going to do it one more time. Here we go. 5 on the die, but I'm going to use a hero point to reroll that, I think. Okay. Nice. Uh, and that's a 19 on the die. So 19, 19 plus 4 is 23. Let's go. 23, that's a hit. Good shit. Another 5 on the die, plus 2 is 7. Another 7. 7 points of damage. I mean, yeah, she's taking some serious blows right now. 
Fuck group. yeah. You have another action or did you move? You nope, move. That, was, that was a move, attack, attack. Move, nice attack, work, attack. Dude. That's a turn. Nicely done. Nemia Bramblecloak's turn. And she <clears throat> is like, oh. And then <laughs> falls. <laughs> and with that, I get the attack of opportunity, right? You do get the attack of opportunity. No. Kill her, Spand! Uh, and that's a two, but I'm going to use my hero point to reroll. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, nice. That's a 21 to hit. 21 to hit is a hit. Nice, man. Nice. Come on. Or, uh, let's see, nine points of damage. Nine points of damage. Another big hit. She is still conscious. She's bleeding. She's not looking great. It's still her turn. Her first action dropped prone took an attack of opportunity. Two more actions left on her turn, and she looks at you, Sven, with hate in her eyes, and she reaches her hand out as she mutters an incantation. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yes. yeah, how'd that work oh, out for us? God. For those no, of you listening on, at home, Sam was devastated by his last yeah. roll. <laughs> oh no. Head in hands. Oh no, are you kidding me? A natural one on a spell attack? Uh-oh. That's a shame. <laughs> I think that means that she's going to kill herself. Yeah. <laughs> Did she spontaneously combust? Her own face sets on fire. She <laughs> doesn't spontaneously combust. She's on the ground. She's not doing great right now. <laughs> it's just one of those days, all right? She swipes out at she swipes out at Sven's shin with lightning crackling between her fingertips and can't make contact. The spell dissipates. Next up is Sven's turn. Oh my god. It's almost like yeah. she didn't have a turn at all. It's almost like she didn't have a turn at all. Oh, look at me. Oh my. Oh, it's almost like she didn't have a, a turn at all. Oh, I'm Rudy. <laughs> Sven, it is your turn. What are you doing? Swinging at him. Uh, 23 on uh, the first hit. 23 to, is a hit. Yep. Uh, for six points of damage. All right, six points of damage. Uh, second swing using attack. double slice. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, probably not 15. 15 is... You know she's prone? She's prone, which gives her a minus two. Prone is minus two. That is not a hit. Okay. Yeah, she she essentially is flat-footed, Sam. You gonna take another swing with the Warhammer? Uh, 19? 19? 19 is a hit? Yeah. Let's go. Good, good. Uh, and that will be for five points of damage. Five points of damage. Ben, are you adding everything right now? Uh, yeah, plus three. Plus three. Yep. So just shitty rolls. Heard. Yeah, yeah, it's just a D8. Not huge. All right. Yeah, she's down. She's fucked up right now. She's also My. a fucking tank. Holy shit. My goodness. Layton, it's yeah, your no turn. Kidding. What are you doing? <laughs> so Claude looks completely intractable to me, right? Claude is going to uh, run away. Got it. Because he was getting hurt. He's going to go over here. <laughs> then Layton is going to look at Claude, get like almost run over by Claude as he runs away, spin back to his group and say, uh, 
Professor, Eugene, uh, clear away. Give me space. And you see him start to, like, swirl his hand in the air like a a fucking cotton candy machine collecting ice globules. Oh, dear. Um, Oh, dear, dear, dear. I intend to do splash damage. If you choose to take it, I understand. But I'm just giving you the warning, and Sam, I'm delaying my turn. Delaying your turn? All right. The Professor, it's your turn. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, the Professor, uh, dives over, uh, to, to his right, uh, and, uh, gets, uh, behind the, uh, fenced-in area of the pen, and, yeah, so uh, the Professor d- dives ten feet over to his east. Into a pe- into the animal pen. The empty animal pen. And, uh, that will be his move action, and, uh, for his final two actions, he will produce flame at the Rat King. Produce slam. Roll to hit. Natty. 20. Let's fucking go. Natty. Oh, 20. For a... I... For a 27. It's a, it's, a, it's a critical hit. Yes! That's we good. welcome you to Munchkin Land. Alright, let's do this thing. So, how... I'm sorry, Sam. For, for me... For my edification and, and other folks, perhaps. How do... How does the critical hit rules work exactly for damage in this system? So read the spell. If there's a critical effect, that is an effect. Okay. Also, in Pathfinder 2E, the base rules are you roll damage, add your modifiers, double it. We are playing according to Pathfinder 1 rules because as a general consensus, I think we all think it's more fun to roll more dice. So you take two dice, you roll both of them, and then you double your static modifier. Okay. So my critical thing uh, for Produce Flame is on a critical success the target takes double damage and 1d4 persistent fire damage. <laughs> so so are we... So I'm, I'm rolling 2d4s and I'm doubling the bonus, right? As well? Yes. Okay. And Cole, this makes me wonder because the double damage is listed if it's the same for your spell. We'll look into it. Yeah, I have a few questions about the way mine works. It won't be the first mistake we've made. So that's... Unlikely. That's 14 points of fire damage. And Cole, don't worry about the end results of that because these rats have been barbecued. Rudy, what's it look like? Uh, The professor... Uh, as soon as he hears Leighton's warning and sees uh, the, the hand motions uh, bringing in the ice particles, he dives headfirst into the uh, animal pen and uh, just peeking out from behind it, puts his hand up and uh, shoots flames from his fingertips, setting fire to the first few rats that immolate the rest of the pack. And you just hear a collective, wee, 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 wee. And uh, it's, yes, Morgan, exactly, it smells quite bad. And the rat swarm is no more. And so Leighton will turn. He sees the professor, like, dive behind the paddock and then throw this flame. And he says, very well, professor. And he transfers the energy from the frigid cold into crackling electricity. He's going to take his turn here and slings an electric arc to slam into both Nemia and the rat that is menacing Sven down there. Fuck yeah. The bachelor rat. The bachelor rat. (laughs) The famous bachelor rat. The bachelor rat. 
Um, they both are going to get a reflex save. Alrighty. The rat reflex save is not going to do it. Nemia's reflex save. Let's see. Oh my god! We're ditching that dice. This one's <laughs> shitty. Nope, not this time though. A natural 17. Okay, alright. Um, so she's going to take two points of damage. The, the big rat is going to take four points of damage. And then that is two actions for Leighton. And with his final action, he is going to run forward 5, 10, 15, 20. He's going to get up into melee with the rat and Sven's and try to divert some of the attacks towards himself. Hell yeah. It's the giant's rat's turn. It's going to first attack Leighton. That dice is gone. It will never be found again. <laughs> first attack against Leighton. This one's hot. It's a natural three. I'm losing. <laughs> Second attack is a natural 20. That's going to hit. No matter what, that hits. That, that hits no matter what. Um, That's you read the rules, Sam. I, do, I don't like the rules. My hands are tied. Uh, that's going to be pretty good. I guess a 20 hits in this universe. <laughs> it's really fucked up the way that he's just out here to kill us, you know? It is. It's, it's really Every week up. he shows up and he tries to harm us. Ooh, that is going to be a 10 points of damage and give me a fortitude save. Uh, Leighton drops. Oh, no. Oh, no. Also, give me a fortitude save. Okay. Yep. <laughs> oh, I tried to bank it off my mouse. It wasn't a good plan. Um, okay, that is going to be a 13. 13 is a fail. Oh, Fuck. No. He doesn't feel anything different right now, though, because he's unconscious. Sure. Yeah, so Leighton, like, <laughs> and then goes running up and is like, Don't worry, Sven, I've got your. Oh my god! As the rat leaps up and just mauls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just sinks his fucking teeth in, and then comes gnashing out against Sven Miss on his third action. That brings us to Eugene's turn. Eugene, what's up, bud? He's gonna move five, ten to that square. He's gonna move, yeah, south Over and to, a little south yeah. and a little bit east. So he can get next to Leighton? And then he's gonna cast Stabilize on him. Awesome. You're my second best friend, Eugene. I get so that's that a, a move lot. And Stabilize is Stabilize a two action spell? I think it probably is. It is not. It's a single action. Single action. So you got one more left, but mm-hmm. we can take the red X off of Leighton. Yeah. Um... I tell you what, dude. I tell you what. If if you were planning on attacking on your third action, I will say that you could have moved five feet closer on that first move action. You'll risk an attack of opportunity if they have one, but... Okay, yeah, that's cool. So it's like, say, like I moved to like here and then healed him and then didn't have to move and just attacked again. Okay, yeah, and if if that occurs in an attack of opportunity, that's cool. It doesn't incur. And just know that I will be making these suggestions when it is actually more dangerous. For sure. And you're in flanking, so the giant rat is flat-footed. Yeah. Mm. 14. 14. Almost a hit. Ugh. Not quite. Just Damn. a miss as it, like, gnashes away from Sven, dodges out of the way. You cast the spell, 
swipe out with the other claw, and it just, just narrowly misses. Flanking is plus one, right? Flanking is not plus one. Flanking is a hit. Morgan, do tight. damage. Roll that damage, baby. Tight, tight, tight. Come on. Uh, so six plus two, uh, eight. What's it look like? All right, so he comes up. He like uh, just kind of scurries over to Layton, touches him with the little claws, whispers <laughs> something extremely private in his ears, lets him know that he's kind of upset that the rat swarm's not around anymore, but that everything's going to be okay. And <laughs> then he scurries over to the big rat, and he just takes one big right swipe and like comes across and like, catches the rat in the neck. And one big right it just kind of like just says yes. Yeah, and that's the and end then, of it. <laughs> yeah. And that giant rat is dead, dude. Oh my god, this is terrible. That is the end of round two. Top of round three, Druk. It is your turn. What's up, Nemi? Is on the ground? What are you gonna do? I think that Druk is getting real bumped by this. I think. I think he's going to say, like, Nemia, this fight is over. Give yourself up. We'll help you. Um, and uh, and then he's going to, for his last two actions, he's going to uh, ready an action to fire his bow at her if she tries to get up. Okay. Is that all track? I guess that the first track. one is a diplomacy check, I guess, mechanically. Yeah. Or yeah. or what, me, whatever, Sam. Yeah, I mean, no, no, you, you, know. you, you say that. You say that you level your bow, right? Like, it, you're making it clear. I'm not... We don't. We don't need to roll dice on that. That that is a that is effective. All right. Well, in the, in, in this right now, she's on the ground. She's bleeding. Things are pretty fucked up. It is Nemia Bramblecloak's turn. She looks at Andruk, and she says, "I'll stay down, but I will bring one of you with me." And she again lashes out for Sven's leg. Natural eighteen for a twenty-seven. Oof! That'll hit. Is it a crit? Yeah. Ben, what's your AC? Uh, oh, I'm oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. That's a that's a twenty. That's a twenty. She takes a penalty for attack rolls, minus two. It's a twenty-seven. Bill hits, but yeah, not a crit. Fucking sweet. I'll tell you what dice I don't have in my dice tray right now. Hers. Sloppy. Give me a second here, boys. Sloppy. Would you like me to roll against us again? It went pretty well for you last time. Oh, <laughs> hush. <laughs> you salty dog. Alrighty, this is what two D12s sound like ringing against you. Oh, Jesus Christ. Why did she get two? She didn't crit. Sounds like that's two points of damage. That is six points of fucking damage. Unbelievable. Are you fucking kidding me? We take those rolls. fucking kidding me? Let me just make sure that Almost makes up for the fact that you're cheating. 2D12? What? Is that shocking grasp? I'm not going to tell you what that is. Yeah, you're right. I'm just guessing. You're a dumb fighter. 2d12 worth of damage for six points of damage. Unbelievable. A two and a four on the fucking dice. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. that tastes bad. It is legit 2d12. This is a unreal spell. That is two actions. And for her third action, she's going to attempt to get up. She said she wasn't going to get up. For her third action, she looks at you and says, I lied. And attempts to get up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, got you. I just rolled another 17. Um, so plus 9 is 26. Roll damage. Five more points of damage. Three hit points left. 
Oh, come on. Just arrows wow. sticking out of her head. <laughs> I've still got some fight in me. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like the Black Knight and Monty Python. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Like, like, oh Nemia Bramble Cloak goes down. That is the mini boss for chapter one. Wow. Y'all are level two. Hey! Sick! Let's go! Literally on the first day. <laughs> 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 <laughs>